Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Evil Man. I didn't warm up. Yeah, my I'm listening to Evil Man. Take two. I, I, my voice yeah, cracked. Yeah, Mike, did you smoke today? I mean, uh, usually you have a voice of an angel, but today it sounded like hell. This is a warning to young singers <laughs> listening to this. Always do your vocal warm-ups before you sing the falsetto part in good vibrations. I blame it on the pastrami provolone sandwich on because you got probably Kaiser crumbs. The mm. Kaiser crumbs, I got some... Uh, cheese? What kind of cheese is that? Boca provolone, I think. Provolone, and then there's some. Um... Isn't provolone cheese? Yeah, yeah. And what are the green things that were in there? Nice little arugulas. Yes, yeah, little I got cr- arugula wrap around my uh, vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this at Chris's today, and Chris, what a host! We came Woo-wee! in. <laughs> Chris had croissants with locks on them, and these really Chris nice Locks. pastrami sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Offered you a tea. Yeah, and we're going to party all day, so it's just starting. Yeah. yeah. I'm a juicer. I'm going to juice you guys fresh carrot, orange, and ginger drink that I uh, I really like. You mentioned that just before we started recording. How long have you been juicing like that? I didn't even know. <laughs> I'm a juicer. I've been juicing. Well, for four years, I worked at uh, Fresh in Toronto. Of course. And I, I learned the ins and outs. Yeah, and Suser Lee, who was a big chef in Toronto, I don't know what's going on with his restaurants now, but in the late 2000s, he was a big chef in Toronto, and he said I was the best juicer working there. Are you kidding me? No. I'm excited for this. So if you guys made this (laughs) drink I'm going to make later, you might put too much or too little ginger in. I'll probably put in just the right amount. Wow. So so you worked at a vegetarian... (laughs) (laughs) You worked at a vegetarian restaurant for, for four years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, did you learn? And I was running in the morning. I was in the best shape of my life. Wow. Oh, my God. You should have seen it. I would have loved to have seen you. Did but, you Did you learn any secrets or, or you know, interesting facts about what it's like to work in a restaurant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was obviously trying to set up topic. Each restaurant, little does the customer know, there's a secret room in the basement where the uh, owner of the restaurant keeps all his treasure. <laughs> <laughs> but having Suser Lee tell you that you're the mm-hmm. best juicer in yeah. the biz, that's like if, I don't know, if you're um, if you're DJing somewhere and then you get a tap on the shoulder, you turn around and it's Dr. Dre and he's like... Or Fatboy Slim. Fatboy Slim and Dr. Dre and they're holding hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if like Meatloaf told you that you were the best, f- fattest, sweatiest guy. <laughs> Meatloaf, that means so much to me coming from you. Uh, R.I.P. He passed away a while ago. Yeah. Um, I think he fell from the sky or something. Yeah. Oh, no. He was an anti-COVID guy and he got COVID. Yes. Yeah. So he achieved his dream. I didn't know COVID affected meat. (laughs) You hear about this, folks? Apparently, apparently COVID affects meat. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) Uh, You know, but... Not to make fun of someone who passed away. If Meatloaf's family is listening, I don't know. What do you think? And if Meatloaf's family is listening, go to patreon.com slash evilmen, Meatloaf's family. We know Bad Out of Hell sold quite a few copies. Same with Bad Out of Hell 2, so give until it hurts. 
You don't have to follow us monthly. Just give us a hearty donation. Yeah. And if you don't, Meatloaf's family, well, I'm not going to say what's going to happen to you. <laughs> oh, Mike. That, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be threatening. threatening. <laughs> yeah, I don't think family. that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm sorry. I take that back. If you don't <laughs> donate, <laughs> we won't go back in time and edit out this bit. If you're a bit drunk... I would mm. do anything for love is a really great pump up song. Well, I don't like the <laughs> negative aspects to it. What's I won't do that. Yeah, and do what, everything. You're interesting. <laughs> do you think Meatloaf should have just done whatever she wanted him to do? Yeah, the song should yeah. have been like, I would do anything for love. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> and then a big wink sound. <laughs> yeah and then everybody would be like this rules but i won't do that sounds like uh, yeah. what's the story behind what you won't do yeah what like, is what happened you to you do? i should look this i also up. feel like a guy and this not to body shame meatloaf r.i.p but a guy who looked like that uh mm. in his position was in no position to turn down doing anything, to turn down doing anything, or to set the rules, like the rules of love. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I've got the information of what it is. Apparently, is now, it can, anal? Can we dispel that myth? Now, yes. Chris, that's the first thing that came to mind for me too. Yeah. I, but it's. I mean, the guy certainly the guy might be the one to say I won't do that, but you would almost expect to be the girl. To Maybe go. the song is written by the girl's perspective. Maybe he's a germaphobe and he's going, "Ew, I won't do that." Well, some guys like it when she's like, "Will you eat this piece of bread that I dropped on the floor?" And he's like, "If you love me," and he's like, uh. "Yes." <laughs> Next. <laughs> Will you lick but the some subway guy, pole? <laughs> some guys like, and I'm saying some guys I've heard. Like a finger going in their butthole while they get J-O'd or BJ. Well, that was in the video for I Would Do Anything for Love. <laughs> and it was like a long video. Yeah, and it was all wet and sweaty and hairy. Like, didn't even prep the butthole for the video. Just went right into it. Do it now! The entire video was just yeah. that happening. They were losing the, the golden hour light. <laughs> They had to shoot quickly so they couldn't prep his anus. <laughs> Sorry to get so hard right at no, the beginning no, of the episode. That's what this show is about. We ask the tough questions. And that's we, what he wouldn't do. Yeah. He wouldn't wash his butt before they started. <laughs> it was a line in the sand that Meatloaf was unwilling to cross. If you love me, you love me as I am. Uh-huh. It's so funny. I'm not saying we're going to get into the guy yet mm. of the episode, but... Sneak a little foreshadowing, sneak peek. The subject did not wash. He was a dirty bum too. And, and I'm not saying that about Meatloaf. That was a no. gag. Yes. I have no idea. He looked pretty clean, except he looked, for yeah, clean. he sweat on stage. But what sure. hardcore performer doesn't? But I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh yeah, I'm. Ex- when we get to our topic, he looks like a. There's pictures of him, and he does look like a stinky man. I mean, there's no way around it. He looks like uh, he could, he would be turned down if he applied to be a roadie for the Grateful Dead. <laughs> The subject you know of today's I thought, episode. I mean, I guess we shouldn't get too far into the subject, but mm-hmm. when I saw a picture of our subject today, mm-hmm. you know what came into mind for me? Have you ever seen, have you ever met a modern day clown off duty? <laughs> they just have a similar vibe. I, maybe that's a horrible yeah. thing to say. I don't mean like, like, like a Carney-esque clown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No disrespect to anybody. Imagine a Carney-esque off duty clown 
became Justin Trudeau's right-hand man <laughs> on Parliament. <laughs> That's probably how... Uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get uh, to it. Uh, have you guessed who it is yet? If you haven't guessed who it is yet and you haven't read the title yet, I will say there's a song by Boney M about our subject today, and it's not the song Daddy Cool. By the rivers of Boney M. <laughs> and, you know, if you um, if you want to learn more about our subject... Listen to the Boney M song about him because yeah. it's really important. It's basically like listening to a hardcore history. Oh, I were beating around the bush about who the, the subject of the episode. No, don't say it. We will drop it. May don't I say it? May I pick up a thread that you you dropped there, Chris? Yeah, I'm um, talking about Trudeau. Probably dropped it by accident. The, uh, honestly, pick it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> clean enough to eat. Uh, the idea of Trudeau having a right hand man. Um, mm. The uh, the cartoonist Ben Garrison, the like the mm. pro Trump guy, the crazy guy, he um, recently put a cartoon up on his website uh, showing Trudeau being fought over by two men who claim to be his father. Everyone knows there's that rumor that Fidel Castro right. was Justin Trudeau's father, possibly, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the other man fighting over Trudeau in the Ben Garrison cartoon is Hitler. And they're both saying, he's my son. Right. No, he's mine. Really? I've never, first of all, I've never heard that rumor. It was, the timeline doesn't add up unless it was Hitler's frozen sperm that Margaret Trudeau well, got a hold of. You've heard of? of a mad scientist before, right? Oh, absolutely. Maybe ben Garrison is a mad cartoonist. <laughs> he's alone in his in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> I was drawing caricatures in the lab one night <laughs> when nobody said no to my stupid ideas. <laughs> But yeah, I've never heard that rumor that maybe Justin Trudeau's real father was Adolf Hitler. Well, you know what? Hitler... It's just a gag, Mike. It's just a funny gag. Hitler was born in 1889. Okay. Trudeau was born in 71. So, so... Not quite 100 years? No, but Hitler could have had a baby at 82. Yeah. I think Charlie Chaplin did. Mm-hmm. My so... grandfather, uh, great-grandfather had... A child at the age of 72. No way, Mike. How has he never talked about this? I'm not this. saying my great-grandfather was Hitler, <laughs> but he did have a child late in life. 72? Yeah, old was Irish old sperm. Well, he was Irish, huh? Take this. Oh, he's Catholic. Here comes a little bit of old Irish sperm. <laughs> That's what he said just before How he orgasmed. <laughs> Do you have any Irish in you? No? Do you want some? <laughs> so, how old was his lady? Um, well, she was younger than seventy-two. She, mm. I think, he married mm. a much younger woman. Or I yeah. think they were married. Yeah. Was he rich or? or they, I don't just, think so. He was just he was just horny. I think. Wow, horny at seventy-two, and this was pre-Cialis, pre-Viagra, uh, pre-Cialis, pre-Viagra. This was Ireland, probably in the midst of the Great Famine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll help. Yeah, That'd here's another wild. mouth to feed. Imagine being six years old and your dad's 79. <laughs> Be odd. Mike is the calmest of all of the men of his whole lineage. Yeah. You're the most mellow. Not, you know, and that's that's a scary thing. Yeah. Interesting, though. Right, because you're crazy. Great virility and horns. <laughs> great virility and horniness clearly runs mm. through your family line. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have a constant drip uh, attached. <laughs> Yeah, Mike has a vice around his penis at all times. Um, hey, do you guys want me to circle back to answer the question of uh, what Meatloaf was singing about? Yeah, yeah. Yes, we've, I'm ready for that. <clears throat> this is uh, my research here from Wikipedia. Meatloaf claimed the question, what is that? As in, I won't do that. 
mm-hmm. was one of the most popular questions he would be asked. Oh, yeah. Aside from, sir, uh, you have to wear a shirt to eat inside of this Applebee's. <laughs> Please, will and you? And also aside from, is there a vegetarian option, Mr. <laughs> Meatloaf? <laughs> uh, so Meatloaf believed the lyrics were unambiguous, but his partner, Jim Steinman, said, no, they're going to be confusing, which is true. Um, so each verse... He thought... It was like yeah, a straight ahead. Meatloaf's like, y'all they get all know it. What we're talking about? We're talking yeah. about murder. A man who's done, uh, accept, willing to accept being paid to murder. And Jim Steinman's like, they're gonna think you mean anal, Meatloaf. I do anal. <laughs> Everybody they knows know that. I do anal. <laughs> Everyone knows Meatloaf would do anal. My name is Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I do anal. Meatloaf, <laughs> and his original stage name was Meatloaf. Uh, colon <laughs> the guy who loves anal. <laughs> this is horrible to say because bat out of hell is about a dick coming out of an ass. <laughs> <laughs> coming out. <laughs> I'm done having anal sex with you like a bat out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny that one of the biggest songs of the 90s was probably about a, a man who was nervous about anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> Did he answer, James? I was just going to say also, <laughs> Meatloaf does have a vibe that he would do anal. Is that crazy to he say? He seems like an anal guy, an ass eater, an ass play guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, R.I.P., honestly. Yeah, honestly, no offense. He yeah. was, I also loved him in Fight Club. He was no great offense. as Bob oh, yeah. in Fight Club. I genuinely yeah. like... His music, yeah, yeah. Um, it's but it's like you know he was he's got oh, he, a funny life. Yeah, sure. he had a funny life. <laughs> <laughs> he led a funny life. Yeah. During, well, here here's it. I'll tell you. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, and this. Uh, I'm sorry to dig no. digression here. Uh, during the funeral service for Meatloaf. The priest that they had uh, saying a few words, he did, as they were lowering the casket in, he did ask the assembled crowd, don't even know exactly what that was from the song? Because I'm thinking uh, in the church. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to ask the question, what the heck was that? What wouldn't he do? Woo! And the whole crowd goes nuts. They're like, we're thinking the same thing. Do you want to hear a really bad joke that I just thought of? Sure. It's stupid. No. Yes. While Meatloaf was lying in his open casket, uh, a waiter came up and ground some black pepper on him. <laughs> Maybe we should cut that no, out. No, no. Gotta stay in. James. It's like a Mad Magazine pun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nothing okay. Let's move that. on. James, the suspense yeah, did the priest quite literally the, killing me. Did the priest overseeing his funeral ever get his answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, each verse in the song identifies the things the man would do for love, mm-hmm. <clears throat> i.e. run to hell and back. Hold her down with holy, or hose her down with holy water if she gets too hot. Is that is that, that line? real line? Weird. Yeah. Well, but each verse also promises, also says something that Meatloaf will not do, such as, quote, I'll never forget the way you feel right now. What? Mm. Weird. Um, this is followed by the title lyrics, which repeat the pattern. Each mention of that is a reference to a particular promise made earlier in the same verse. 
Uh, oh. So it's not clear at all. So meanwhile. each verse states what that is uh, for that verse, and then I in the see. chorus he refers to that. I okay. see. Yeah. Very. It's like a cryptic uh-huh. crossword. Yeah. So we gotta yeah. like. I'll never forget how you feel right now. Is one of the things. Yeah. But can you imagine if you're making love to a woman or your significant other, whoever? Is that what the significant other wants to hear? Like, I'm never going to forget how this feels. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, while you're Meatloaf. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Meatloaf. Yeah. I'm going to try and forget this whole thing, Meatloaf. <laughs> uh, Apparently, uh, the that the Meatloaf was talking about was the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Here are some of the other things Meatloaf won't do. He'll never forgive himself if we don't go all the way tonight. He'll never yeah. forgive himself. Yeah, like, right. I do anything for love, but I won't forgive myself if we don't have sex. Okay. That's weird. This is turning into, like, some sort of Reader's Digest puzzle. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. <laughs> much of a letdown. Uh, Meatloaf also won't ever do it better than I do it with you. Okay. I won't do that. Do, do what? For do love. it better than I do with you. <laughs> okay, whatever. His brain is yeah. malfunctioning. <laughs> I do anything for He's love, got meat but on I the won't head. have sex with a chick better than I have sex with you. The That's words, so romantic. So, yeah. so sweet of you. The words yeah. of every Can you not love. mention other chicks right now? <laughs> You're eating my ass. And if I do... <laughs> I'll never eat someone's ass better than I am right now. Okay, I get it. Stop saying these things. Are you almost done eating my ass? Meatloaf, just get your jollies off and get out of here. <laughs> and again, just this we mean no disrespect. No, I genuinely like to, Meatloaf. Yes, R.I.P. to Meatloaf, but like we're trying to finish yeah. like this ancient uh, puzzle. In the what la- that, what's a good ancient word for a puzzle? Like, um, a, hmm. well, you it, know, like to figure out how to get them to the Egyptian pyramids or something. Yeah. What's that it called? did call to mind the Rosetta Stone. How they they yeah. had to find that before they could unlock the secrets of hieroglyphics. Yeah, and I feel like that's what we're doing with the lyrics to uh, "I Would Do Anything for Love." But well, apparently, the lyrics for "I Would Do Anything for Love," but I won't do that. Were a direct translation from some hieroglyphics. <laughs> Meatloaf did. Oh no, sorry. I, I think this might have been Jim Steinman, but he said mm. that um, Jim Steinman also famous as the character in Garfield. It's funny you guys were bringing up like the Rosetta Stone and, and ancient mysteries because Jim Steinman did say, "quote I'm very proud of that song because it's very much like out of the world of Excalibur. To me, it's like Sir Lancelot or something. Very noble and very chivalrous." Man. Mm. These guys are nerds. Did Sir Lancelot ever yeah. do anal? Um, the last thing Meatloaf <laughs> said is that it, it stands for is, I'll never stop dreaming of you every night of my life. That's beautiful. And now I feel bad that we went to such a dirty place when the sentiments of the song are so heartfelt and uh, romantic. So even when he makes love with another person, mm. one, he won't... Uh, make love to them as well as he did mm-hmm. at this particular point in time yeah. with this person. And while he's making love to the second-rate person mm-hmm. that he will eventually meet, <laughs> he will still dream about the the one, the, yeah. the hero of the song so everybody that he's wins. making love to. 
<laughs> Except for the second mate of Milo. <laughs> Meatloaf, is it just me or are you not doing this as well as you've done it in the past? <laughs> for people listening, here's a run-on of uh, synonyms for puzzle. And I still don't feel like I've uh, got the word I wanted to. But we've got enigma, mystery, paradox, conundrum, poser, mm-hmm. poser. Now here's a little poser for you. <laughs> What's wet but not water? Meatloaf is, an, an, is a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped yeah. in some uh, prosciutto <laughs> with uh, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, and uh, some a what, Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm just noticing something else from the video that I'm confirming. I always suspected. Remember the "I would do anything for love" video. <clears throat> Meatloaf's yes. like beast, and there's this beautiful woman who's like beauty and whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking. Is that the singer, the female uh-huh. singer? She, it's not. No. The woman was uh, an actress, I guess, <clears throat> who Damn was lip syncing. Uh, and the real singer was a woman named Lorraine Crosby. So it's not the, the lady in the video. And so they were like, oh, we can only have uh, only the hottest people in the video. So obviously we're going to use Meatloaf, <laughs> but we can't have the real singer. So we're going to hire this actress. Great. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they didn't get uh, the guy who played Bud Bundy to play Meatloaf in the video. David Faustino. <laughs> David Faustino was so hot at the time that that video came out. Oh yeah, <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> well, folks, before we get to our uh, topic this week, we should mention that we have a Patreon at Patreon.com/EvilMen. If you sign up, you get at least two bonus episodes a month. There's all sorts of fun shenanigans that go on in there. I recently just put out on the Patreon, I, I asked for suggestions for, uh, for topics, and we got so many great suggestions. Um, I also want to shout out our friend, Adam Brody, who sent us a ton of great suggestions. So shout out to Adam. <clears throat> Adam also pointed out that, <clears throat> remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about like how on sets and like movie sets and commercial sets, like directors can be... Like yeah, you went on a tirade. You, you. I've never seen you so mad. Yeah. Well, Adam is a director, and he he texted me and was like, "Who was that about?" So I just want to say, Adam, you're, I don't think you or your partner Dave are tyrannical on set. Wow. Well, and in person, yeah, me, yes, I've been berated by well, you. I received you an email from Roberto Benini. Okay, the famed the famed Italian director of Life Is Beautiful and uh, his Pinocchio, and he was like, "Is this about me?" Oh. So we've been receiving different emails <laughs> from different directors, yeah. <clears throat> well, um, well, there you go. Well, anyway, so please check it out, patreon.com slash evilmen. Uh, you'll love it. And if you can't do that, maybe you could rate us and review us. That'd be great. Hey, Chris, wake up. Huh? It's time for you to tell us who this week's evil man subject is. <laughs> Oh man, this week's evil man should be me because I am tired. <laughs> okay, very sensual. I'm tired. I party all the time. Oh, this is you flirting. Okay, who here is a fan of the German disco band Boney M? Me! I'm putting my hand up in the air. This is Michael here. <laughs> I am too. I I, uh, put uh, one of their playlists on my Spotify at Christmas. And what's their biggest hit? Well, they had two ones that come to mind. There's uh, By the River of Babylon. 
Mm-hmm. And right. don't forget their Feliz Navidad version. Okay. Mm-hmm. But do you guys know the one, Long Daddy Cool? Oh, yeah. That's a good song, too. I actually play that uh, and have a dance party with my girls because I feel like I'm Daddy Cool. Yeah. Daddy Cool. Daddy. Mm-hmm. Daddy Cool. <laughs> do you tell them, girls, girls, pay attention. This song is about me. <laughs> <laughs> Stop dancing and watch me. Be cool. <laughs> Sit there, be quiet, Don't and watch move me dance. while I dance. <laughs> I would say <laughs> their Boney M's biggest hit is Ra Ra Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine. He's got a wang and he's waving it about. Or whatever. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Yes, Rasputin. Oh, oh, oh. oh everybody, Rasputin. it's me, Rasputin. Rasputin is on our roof. Um, could I get some assistance? I seem to have got my, you know what, stuck in the chimney. I seem to have gotten my honk stuck in a. <laughs> it sounds like there's more than one pair of footsteps on the roof. Those are his feet and his wang. Yeah. How come? How come that one time on the beach there was only one little thing pressed into the sand over and over again? That was when I was flying, but my dick was still hitting the sand. <laughs> yes, it's Russia's greatest love machine, Grigory Rasputin. Can we open a window? I can already smell him. Exactly. For people that aren't familiar, Rasputin, Grigory Rasputin, was a Russian mystic and self-proclaimed holy man who befriended the family of... Nicholas II, the last emperor of Russia, and gained considerable influence in late imperial Russia. Also Nicholas's wife, Alexandra. Yeah, she... Uh... Also known as Tsar, the last Tsar of Russia. And I didn't realize until very recently that you can Google pictures of Rasputin. I mean, I sort of thought of him as like yeah. just an ancient historical yes. figure that you can't just literally Google a photo of, but you can. Yeah, yeah. He lived up until... Yeah, World War One was happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's tons of photos of him at the beach, uh, walking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on on an exercise bike. Yeah, selfies of him on a sea cruise, <laughs> smiling with shades on. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he should have worn shades because people described his eyes as like really freaky, uh, penetrating dark mm. black eyes. Yeah, he... He was an, in, I'm just going to say it, he was an intense and odd-looking fella. And the smell aspect that Mike is talking about, it's true. He basically never bathed and walked around smelling like probably his own crotch. And so that's what, <laughs> I, sorry to go here, but that's what bugs me about, uh, you know, modern men are pressured to, you know, hit the gym, uh, wear this cologne. You know, I know. Wear today's most fashionable clothing and, uh, you know, uh, keep up with all the latest movies and, and TV shows. And this guy mm-hmm. smells like shit, has a freaky eyes, <laughs> and every woman wants to be with him. They really did. And yeah. Th- yeah. I uh, Never went to the gym, by the way. No. Rasputin. He didn't use those, uh, what are those elastic? Uh, resistance bands. Resistance yeah. bands, nothing like that. Yeah. I'm going to start my own cologne called Rasputin, and I'm just going to fart in the bottle. <laughs> also, if you stunk in you so badly stunk. that people in 1890 <laughs> were clocking it, when yeah. probably everybody stunk. Yo! If you... <laughs> 
Yo, man. <laughs> what is that? And people in imperialist Russia even thought you stank. You might be Rasputin. In Russia, Rasputin stink you. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Okay. Rasputin was born a peasant in the small Siberian village of Pokrovskoye in 1869. Uh... Now, we were talking about this beforehand, but it is funny how... And I watched a documentary on Rasputin last night. They basically described Siberia. And if you've read Dostoevsky, you're obviously very familiar with it. He got sent there uh, before he became yeah. a bigger uh, author. It, it's like a dumping ground for miscreants and ne'er-do-wells and just people who don't fit in and whatever. Yeah. And there's all these kind of crazy religious sects up there and... Just wandering lonely in a very boring... <laughs> sounds like Canada, to be honest. And it still it basically is used like even today in the news. Putin's uh, government still mm-hmm. sends uh, dissidents and... Uh, We're recording this makers. in the future, too. I mean, in the past. Yeah. So, recording this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're recording yeah. this for the future in yeah. the past. So even bringing up Putin right now, we don't know what happened. Yeah, but even so, back in I guess the imperial in imperial Russia, Siberia was used as like a just dumping ground. But even like a few years ago, like the one of the Pussy Riot musicians was sent to Siberia. People are still sent there. It's kind of like a purgatory. Yeah, where unwanted people wander around, moaning. But Pretty he was scary. born. Rasputin was born in this like just mm-hmm. f- frozen wasteland. Siberia. Yeah. And he had an unruly youth, uh, reportedly, uh, drinking small thefts and stuff like that. Um, in 1886, Rasputin traveled to Abalak, Russia, where he met a peasant girl named Praskovia mm. uh, Dobrovina. After courtship of several months, they married in February 1887. Uh, Who gets married in February? That's the thing. In, eh? Russia, in day, Siberia. I mean, yeah. how about June? Yeah. It was a teenage wedding, and the old folks noticed he smelled. <laughs> Will you marry me? Um, oh, my God. Okay. I'm just running with something funny that's coming later. Rasputin's wife remained in uh, Pokrovskoy throughout his later travels and rise to prominence and remained devoted to him until his death. Okay. Your choice. Yeah. The couple had seven children. Uh, the only Pretty three much. survived to adulthood. Oh. Reminds so. me of George Foreman. Yeah. With all these, those, those kids. Well, Rasputin also sold his own grill. <laughs> <laughs> called the Rasputin Stinky Grill. <laughs> I make any meat stink. <laughs> I make any cut of uh, beef smell like my butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So eight, seven kids. Seven kids. But only three survived. Only three survived into Ooh, adulthood. So yeah. Meatloaf. Three out of seven ain't bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, in Russia, meatloaf is you. I don't... I'm not doing that anymore. In 1897, Rasputin was 28, married 10 years, had an infant son, another child on the way. Hmm. Even so, he developed a renewed interest in religion and left his hometown to go on a pilgrimage. So is this a moment where... Was did he have this like uh, struck by lightning moment that made him suddenly separated his life before that from the future of his life, where he suddenly became a, like a mystic man or a religious man? <laughs> the the thing that struck him the most, I think, uh, was 
constantly having kids and being married in the middle of fucking nowhere sucks. Uh, I think I might be a mystic, honey. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? God's calling me over there uh, where all those uh, women are writhing around on the ground. Uh, while you're burying all of our children, I'm going to take a little trip to uh, the big city. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow we'll finally settle down. Um, yeah, he took off. He became a changed man. He, he he looked. That's when he became his got his real classic disheveled Rasputin look. Messy long hair, big stinky beard. Um, he uh, became vegetarian, swore off alcohol, prayed and sang much uh, more fervently than he did in the past. That's fervently, a sign. yeah, is a word from Wikipedia. <laughs> Rasputin spent uh, the years that followed as a stranic, which means a holy wanderer, pilgrim, which I liken to the. Uh, aesthetics of india you know those guys that yeah just kind of wander around in the woods by themselves uh trying to feel the presence of god be close to god and, and uh yeah so he'd do that wander around countrysides and visit holy sites and he was is it true he was illiterate like he he had like no schooling basically like he was near illiterate. Oh, okay, I sorry. think he could write his own name and then <laughs> draw a dick and balls. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he writes his name with like a backwards R. <laughs> takes him half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like uh, yeah, like uh, Jack Torrance's son wrote his name like it's like that, but you could see it in the mirror properly. Okay, so yeah, by early 1900s, Rasputin has developed a small circle of followers, primarily family members and other local peasants who prayed with him. The village priest and other villagers started to become suspicious of Rasputin and his followers. It was rumored that female followers were ceremoniously washing him before each meeting and, the, and that the group sang strange songs. <laughs> and there were also rumors he had joined a sect that did things like self-flagellation and orgies. And I just want to bring up here, because I did read about that sect, and I found it kind of interesting. They were called uh, the Clisti. It's a religious sect whose ecstatic rituals were rumored to include, yeah, the self-flagellation, the sexual orgies. But also, I saw this documentary where it said they would dance like crazy and spin around until they were like, you know, they weren't taking drugs, they weren't so they were <laughs> drunk, they were sober, but they would spin and dance so hard that they would feel like lightheaded and insane from that. And right. then they would fall on the ground and have crazy orgies afterwards. <laughs> and then even being, you're, you're like having crazy promiscuous orgies. That's not sounding religious. But they looked at it as like to create those sins together, to confess them to the Lord, made them actually closer to the God. That's an easy excuse. Yeah, you can you do anything what? and say that. Yeah, like, you know... It might actually work if we have an orgy just to like do a sin to show how sins are bad, right? Yeah. It's like two guys. Even God is like, uh, come again? Yeah, He's this like, is a what? reach, Rasputin. Like, unfortunately, you will find with a lot of the stuff about Rasputin, him joining that sect called the Clisty might be a rumor. It might not be true. Mm. Right. But for sure, we know that he was a wandering... Uh, 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 stratic or whatever mystic yeah uh, what's it called astronic and uh yeah started getting followers mm. sounds like jesus mm-hmm. that sounds like jesus <laughs> he's bigger than jesus <laughs> oh, so are we <laughs> don't say that <laughs> too late um 
<laughs> but yeah, I wanted to say too, I also picked Rasputin because uh, in my early 20s, I discovered for myself all those Hammer horror films. And uh, I dove into them, like uh, ate them up. And Christopher Lee is obviously the star of almost every one of them, if not him, Peter Cushing. And Christopher Lee does a great role as uh, Rasputin called in the Rasputin the Mad Monk. I suggest everyone watch it, but it's not, you know, historically accurate. Not (laughs) at all. He's just like a savage, uh, (laughs) rapist, beast, mongrel that like hypnotized people. But I I feel like a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about, the people that didn't like Rasputin really wanted to paint him that way. Right. So for a long time after the fall of uh, of the last empire of Russia, people tried to create that. Hey, we'll get to that. All right. Oh, hey. So re- regular, the established like church, the priests and stuff already were suspicious of him from an early time because he was uh, sort of an outlier. Mm-hmm. And he has he had this weird following of. He's a guy that wandered around and was like, yeah, he never was an official priest, never was an official monk, but he was like, I'm a child of God. And he had these right. like penetrating eyes. and he Like Russell Brand, kind of. Yes. <laughs> so, word of Rasputin's activity in charisma began to spread in Siberia during the early 1900s. Eventually, he started acquiring the reputation of being a holy man who could help people resolve their spiritual crisis and anxieties. Despite rumors that Rasputin was having sex with female followers, he made a favorable impression at monasteries he visited. Church leaders kept liking him and recommending him. Uh, He ended up traveling to St. Petersburg and meeting a church official named Archimandrite Theophan. Uh Uh-oh. Which is what I almost named uh, my daughter if she was born a boy. (laughs) (laughs) Archimandrite Theophan. (laughs) Yeah. Archie! Um, Theophan was well connected to St. Petersburg society. He thought Rasputin was great and invited him to come live with him. Through Theophan, Rasputin was able to visit influential salons where the aristocracy gathered for religious discussions. This is how Rasputin attracted some of his early and influential followers. Imagine that. A bunch of like educated, you know, rich, like sophisticated people. And it's like, I'd like to introduce you to my friend. And then a big stinky guy (laughs) with crazy eyes walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? I uh, I can't read. By the way, are you gonna finish that strawberry tart? <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have uh, clogged the toilet by accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I know that I smell like an unwashed ass, <laughs> but I see. Danger in your future. <laughs> Listen to him. He's on to something. <laughs> I see danger in my immediate future if you don't get away from my nostrils. <laughs> He's clearly an instrument of God. <laughs> He's like God's dick. <laughs> I We forgot to say, uh, it's not in the notes here, but uh, I remembered before he became the Roman holy man, I just got to say, there's a rumor... Uh, he did get uh, uh, a. I think that the town he grew up in in Siberia, they were like, fuck this guy, you know, before he became like, oh, I'm going to become a mystic man that you can't say fuck this guy too, basically. <laughs> they beat the crap out of him for like stealing, the, for accusing him of being a horse thief. Okay, they accused um, him. 
so this is before he went on this pilgrimage. And there was a rumor I heard about earlier today where for a while there was a rumor that they beat him so bad and he fell on his, like, he hurt his pelvis so bad that he got that thing where you you just always have a boner. Oh. Did, where did you hear that? On a, on this podcast. But, Pri- it, but they were saying it was a hilarious old rumor about him. Oh, okay. But yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way. I, I imagine that never went away. It would explain all his sexual escapades, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he's like... They're like, wow, Rasputin, you're really into me. And he's like, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, you see what happened? I steal horse and it goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. Is that a banana in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? They beat me up. <laughs> the, the pocket no, I'm not happy to see you. They beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to see no one. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> uh, yeah. In St. Petersburg at this time, the aristocracy was bored and seeking new experiences. They were really starting to get interested in stuff like the occult, supernatural, and spiritualism. So, and this was, sorry, what year? Like the early 1900s? Yes. Because I know in the like late Victorian period, I believe that like spiritualism seances right um yeah I think maybe even ouija board stuff became yeah, occult like black right. magic and it, here's and the thing paris and yeah. london and paris heavily influenced uh russia the court even yeah um conducted itself un- under like catherine the great in french and maybe into the maybe into the uh, and alexandra i don't think she, i don't think she was russian no she was she was german german oh german yeah, yeah. okay so, she so it's had, kind of like how like 10 years ago all the hip people became poly 100 years <laughs> yes. ago everyone believed in ouija boards <laughs> yes. yeah it's like how you would sleep with a woman and a guy with a couple earrings <laughs> we would put a candle in a skull <laughs> I'd rather have this candle in the skull. <laughs> but it's so funny because when I was learning about this, like, yeah, especially Nicholas, and this is how they eventually get connected to Rasputin because they're they're really intrigued by his sort of, like, dark, magic, mysterious ways. Um, I was like, that's so funny. It's like we live in such a future now where to think, like, people of such high importance... Uh, spending a lot of their time like doing magical seances and ceremonies and stuff. That's ridiculous. And then I thought of, oh no, half of America is like that right now. Yeah. <laughs> like they have all, it's the it's conspiracy well, theories. Well, yeah, Everything that's... is insane. There's all this magic working underground against them. Like it's, people will always like have a version of that. <laughs> To obsess about yeah. it's also the unknown. The idea of like, how did Rasputin work, work his way into like high society at the time? And yeah. then you remember like those pictures of like Kid Rock in the Oval Office <laughs> with Donald Trump or like uh, <laughs> Rasputin, Kid Rock. <laughs> There's such a similarity. <laughs> Two hairy guys with stinky asses. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna tell me how to walk. Also, who's that pillow salesman? Who's that pillow My salesman? Pillow guy, oh, yeah. Mike Lindell. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah it's like great topic, things are not yeah. as crazy as they were back then. Oh, a yeah. guy who owns a pillow factory is going nuts on TV. Um, under <laughs> side note, under the recent that the 
bridge that was closed during the trucker convoy, the one connecting oh, in Windsor, Windsor and Detroit. Uh-huh. Apparently, there was like a gigantic yes. shipment of my pillows that couldn't get across the border. <laughs> Didn't we talk about this? Did we talk about this on another episode? I don't think specifically the my pillow guy. That's so but, funny. Yeah. I talked about it with someone else then. But yeah, someone like the my pillow guy or Kid Rock having strange proximity to power. Mm-hmm. It's like I guess, or it's always I mean, been happening. Really hardcore evangelicalism is oh yeah not that different too and they're in power. It's so funny, like just an aside, like because I was listening to John Ronson's um, "Things Fall Apart," it's, yeah, yeah, uh, Culture Wars podcast that uh, shout out that and Mike uh, suggested it. I but discovered it. They, it's so funny because when you're listening to the the, the intensely evangelical Christian stuff from like the '70s and '80s. I I had this really big memory of like the '80s watching like these guys like Jim Baker and Jimmy Stewart or Swaggart, I mean, on uh, TV and th- and thinking that everybody knew it was funny, like it was like the WWF. Yeah, you know, yeah, because same, I thought it was like same. a an agreed upon thing between the public. Like yeah. this is over the top. This is funny. It's sensational for for viewers. And now they have mind controlled half the country. I felt right. the same way about like <laughs> conspiracy theories and you know yeah. David Icke and certain, you know Alex Jones and all that. I thought it was yeah. just like oh, it's everyone. Mo- they really know. Yeah, it's like funny. even the fans of it think of it as national yeah. inquiry kind of. Yeah, and then, and then all of a sudden ooh. they're shooting pizza parlors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's fucked up. Anyways. So what's his name, Raphael? <laughs> so at this point, Raphael, Donatello have not yet they have not met Leonardo and Michelangelo, but they're about to. <laughs> Actually, Splinter kind of has a lot in common with Raphael. That's true. I wonder if Splinter was a horn dog. <laughs> Raphael, do you have a sister? <laughs> I've always loved turtles. What's that, dude? <laughs> dude, that's my sister. <laughs> no so. way, gnarly. <laughs> Um. Okay. So yeah. So Rasputin. Anyways, he's he's gone from holy man. Now he goes to Saint Petersburg. The the aristocracy are intrigued by this strange manners of this mystical man. So Rasputin keeps winning favor with influential people, and in 1905, uh, he ends up having a meeting with Tsar Nicholas himself. (laughs) (laughs) But like you're saying, this is his kid rock moment. Yeah. And Tsar Nicholas was extremely religious and pretty yeah. much, from what I understand, like kind of a simpleton, hmm. but he was yes. very religious. Yeah, they were uh, both like, yeah, I apparently by the letters that Alexandra and Nicholas would write to each other, they're very childlike. And they, and they called Rasputin like their great friend, like, oh, we're going to, how happy are we going to be today that we get to see our great friend and we get to talk about God with our friend yeah. and... It was very, yeah, you're right, simple. <laughs> and uh, uh, I have to get some Glade plugins and candles, <laughs> but it's still a nice occasion. <laughs> but that's also why the rumors that Rasputin slept with Alexandra, the queen, uh, are probably most likely not true at all because nice. they were very pious and didn't. And they didn't behave like the way he did in the mm. dirty old woods. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe they kissed. They might have kissed. Good one, James. <laughs> Maybe they kissed. No, it's true. We don't know for sure. Yeah. Well, that's when we bring out the evilometer. 
We're yes. going to have to consider that yeah. he might have kissed the queen. It might have been nice. Remember at the in the Christmas special of The Office UK at the very end when yes. Don oh, goes back and kills kisses me. Tim? Mm-hmm. Well, unbelievable yeah. moment. Maybe it was something nice like that. Why did you have to tell me that? Now I'm bawling my fucking eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. How did that song what go? Was, uh, only you the by Yaz. So he's yeah. met. So Nicholas. Track. Okay, Nicky, yeah. Nikki? This is where darling Nikki. This is where Rasputin works his real magic. Nicholas has a son named Alexei who had hemophilia, and at some point Nicholas became convinced that Rasputin possessed the miraculous power to heal Alexei. And he was the heir, right? Because they had he would have been, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're but like, he freaking bled all the damn time. Can yeah. heal our son. Our precious son. My damn yeah. son won't stop bleeding. <laughs> Rasputin, can you do something about my bleeding son? Uh, they thought he had the power to ease his pain and stop his bleeding. So one time Rasputin was summoned by Tsarina Alexandra to pray for Alexei, who was uh, suffering from a hemorrhage. Rasputin did, and Alexei was recovered the next morning. Uh, I did hear this story in the the podcast, podcast. I listened to this uh, this morning, mm-hmm. and apparently, yeah, at this point, they were uh, depending on Rasputin for everything, like a spiritual oh. guidance. So he'd wormed his way, yeah, he was deeply into them. their circle and the yeah. family. Depending on who, whose version of history you're listening to, he wormed his way. <laughs> mm, yeah, but some people might say, eh, he just made his way. But I don't know. It's uh, they were in this carriage ride and they were bouncing up and down for the whole of the carriage ride, and Alexei started to get sick and pale. Yeah. And so I guess bouncing up and down in a carriage forever doesn't help hemophilia. Mm. So then his blood pressure subsided, and yeah, I think maybe it made it look like Rasputin uh, helping was a miracle, right? Mm. You know, but it might have just also just been natural. Um, so yeah, after that, Tsarina Alexander definitely had a passionate attachment to Rasputin. Uh, the aristocracy became convinced Rasputin had mystical powers. Based on this, because I guess the word would have spread like, oh my God, this guy healed the, the Tsar's son. I think, yeah. yeah. Front page news. <laughs> Joe Warmington's article about Rasputin healing the son. <laughs> So here's the thing. When Alexei did have the hemorrhage and seemed close to death, Rasputin told the Tsarina, God has seen your tears and heard your prayers. Do not grieve. The little one will not die. Do not allow the doctors to bother him too much. And they did as he said, and Alexei's bleeding stopped the following day. One of the physicians who attended Alexei admitted, the recovery was wholly inexplicable from a medical point of view. Mm. But I feel like, you know, in our days and time now, we, we can understand that it just subsided. Uh, the physician said Rasputin would come in, walk up to the patient, look at him, and spit. And the bleeding would stop in no time. Spit on the boy? I don't know. Or on the ground? I do remember these scenes from the Christopher Lee movie. You gotta see it. He does a great job. Is that the one where the girl's head turns around and there's, she barfs on, uh, on no. Rasputin? That's the exorcist. Oh. And also you're thinking, you're confused with Max von Sydow. I feel like if Rasputin spit, his spit would be like brown. (laughs) Damn, did Christopher Lee and Max von Sydow ever make a movie together? I bet. Two tall, gaunt, scary gentlemen. 
But yeah, Rasputin spit couldn't have been. It couldn't have looked nice. No, probably smelled. But even the doctor was going. Hey, I get why the Sarina thinks Rasputin is mystical because yeah. I can't explain how he healed the Alexei. <laughs> yeah, not a great doctor. Exactly, I can't explain anything. So it's ma- magic for sure. <laughs> Imagine how well trained a like nineteenth uh, century Russian doctor would have been. <laughs> I will. I, I know. I read that. Um, that one explanation maybe for how Rasputin pulled it off. Uh, that's was that. Um, they had aspirin at this time, yeah. which is insane to me that this is a time when they had aspirin for some reason. Mm-hmm. And and some people wonder if he got the boy to stop taking aspirin, and they didn't know at the time that aspirin was um, something that was an anticoagulant, so it would have really harmed a hemophiliac. So some people right. wonder, if, wonder if it was just a coincidence in that way, but it is pretty wild that he, like, there, there just seems to be examples where he would do something and then the boy got better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. He must have just been lucky that I guess. it worked because, yeah. It reminds me of that insane clown posse song called Miracles <laughs> about how everything is basically a miracle. Giraffes, <laughs> yep. medicine. Magnets. Mm-hmm. Magnets. Yeah. <laughs> how makeup stays on your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Imperial family's belief in Rasputin's healing powers brought him considerable status and power at court. The Tsar appointed Rasputin his uh, lampadnik, lamplighter, charged with keeping the lamps lit before uh, religious icons in the palace. This gained him regular access to the palace and royal family. So now Rasputin's in a real position of power. He's using his position to full effect, accepting bribes and sexual favors from admirers and working diligently to expand his influence. Now, is this, because you mentioned earlier that as when he was young and he had this religious uh, epiphany, mm-hmm. he gave up drinking and stuff yeah. but I, I gave up drinking but not stinking he's <laughs> i'm giving up drinking not stinking <laughs> <laughs> but he has a reputation for having in his later years been like completely debaucherous and like a drunk and like and a sex life guy. at the court got to him maybe yeah. well yeah first of all <clears throat> it was never like the thing is it wasn't immoral to him because he wasn't officially a priest or a monk Right. So but he didn't have that religious aspect where it's like, you're not supposed to behave this way. But he did go back to his old But ways. he basically had a harem. Yes, right. and I think, think he did drink. He did have a harem of like women, basically, that loved him. And a lot of them would be like bored and lonely women of the aristocracy who were just like basically horny anyway. What's wrong, baby? Why so lonely? Yeah. Why don't you come over here he and we'll like do Pete, some praying? He was like Pete Davidson. Yes, yeah. and the- Rasputin's father also passed away in 9-11. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one in 1801. <laughs> the glad bags and the hand drags. Um, so so he, he won over the favor of the Tsar, and now he's like a big deal, and he's sleeping with everybody. He's and- got re- enemies now, because he's got so close to the Tsar and the Tsarina. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's religious uh, stuff. They they say that they, that he's he's been a rapist. There's hearsay. He's suspected of exerting undue political influence over the Tsar. Uh, even rumored to have, as we were saying, an affair with the Tsarina, uh, which Boney M did not help to dispel. <laughs> and he would. He I'm was, listening to this Boney M song. And they're saying you're sleeping with my wife. <laughs> How come there's no? St- uh, anyways, have you also heard this song, Daddy Cool? Pretty good. <laughs> but he also influenced court 
by uh, um, recommending appointments to the government as well. So he had like true like influence on the royal family and the yes, government of Russia. Yeah, really yeah and he's basically a a, a schizoid <laughs> from the. It'd be funny if woods. Um, if Tsar uh, 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 Nicholas is like Alexandra, are you cheating on me? She's like, "Why do you ask?" And then she has a big green stink cloud around her so- suddenly. <laughs> yeah, she looks like Pigpen from the Peanuts comics. <laughs> um, so he's making enemies with the in the court with the other like the old uh, like aristocracy who feel maybe they're being pushed out by this. Yeah, the clergy. Johnny Ivan come lately, maybe we can call him. It feels like it'd be like if Biden took Marilyn Manson as an advisor. And everyone's yes. like, I don't know about this. It's funny because you could use the Trump Kid Rock example, but it's actually not a stretch. Yeah. yeah I, I'm sure Trump took Kid Rock's advice. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scott Baio, Kid Rock, all these guys could have, you know, uh, influenced like a decision to like go to war. Uh, yeah. yeah. What are these guys so mad about? Fucking <laughs> crazy. So yeah, the prime in St. Petersburg, the Prime Minister Peter Stolypin and the Tsar's secret police wanted Rasputin gone. The Prime Minister tried to convince the Tsar about his uh, about this, but uh, did not succeed in reining in Rasputin's influence or exi- exiling him from St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. In 1909, one of Rasputin's early supporters in St. Petersburg accused him of rape. Uh, this convinced Rasputin's old friend Theophan that Rasputin was a danger to the mo- monarchy. Rumors multiplied that Rasputin had assaulted female followers and behaved inappropriately on visits to the imperial family, and particularly with the Tsar's teenage daughters, Olga and Tatiana. Now, I want to say, earlier today, hearing the, the rest is history version of uh, Rasputin's story, they're pretty convinced, uh, and they don't sound like dude bro apologists. They're very smart people, uh, from what I heard. They're convinced that it is slander, right? That he's. Sla- I think he did. But, so that's when that's all the ba- all the bad. If if you stuff? take if you if you want to rate, this is the hard part, which is kind of like what we got to with Peter Stump. Remember, Peter Stump was like, yep. was he a psycho murderer or was he just a Presbyterian? This <laughs> yeah. is the part where we're getting to where it's like, if we could do any numbers on the evilometer, it would be about this aspect of Rasputin. Oh, right. But now it's in the present, it's being disputed because it seems like mudslinging from the people that wanted him so, gone. So not just that he had an affair with the Tsarina, but all of the sort of heinous accusations the guys on that podcast felt they were slander yeah wow the, the the only real evil thing you can kind of get to because he just he just made his way right in there with the czar right you know and which is like there's all these think of all these aristocrats mm. that pay their dues and this clergy and the all these priests that pay their due and all of a sudden they're like you want stinky minky over here, do like kicking <laughs> the, us out, and you know at what I'm the saying? same time though it's hard. It, 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 you also could imagine a power hungry weirdo priest being a creep, totally, and this is the thing, and yeah, and he did apparently like you know have these he comes from Siberia where there were these 
orgiastic religious sex in the woods. Mm. So he's probably used to rolling, writhing around on top of numerous it's nude It's just what bodies. I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> I miss it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm, not, I'm not becoming a Rasputin apologist. No, no, it's interesting. I'm just saying that this is going to be the difficulty, is ah. what is hearsay and what is truth. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. So around this time, World War I is starting, and uh, there's the dissolution of feudalism, and uh, you know R- Russia's economy is in a rapid decline. Everything's kind of going to shit, and uh, a lot of people blamed Alexandra and her evil spirit, Rasputin. One outspoken mm-hmm. member uh, of the Duma, a far-right politician, Vladimir Parishkovich, stated that he held the Tsar's ministers... Uh, that had been uh, turned into marionettes, marionettes whose threads have been taken firmly in hand by Rasputin and the Empress Alexandra Fyodorovna, the evil genius of Russia and the Tsarina, who has remained a German on the Russian throne and alien to the country and its people. So, so there was anti-German sentiment in Russia because of yeah. the coming war with Germany and also the fact that this German Tsarina was under the influence of this mad monk who was seen to be pulling the strings because she thought he could heal their son. So as so far all this shit and all the unrest. Of mm-hmm. the so he's people. evil yeah. to them. He's evil to the Russian aristocracy. Mm. To, us, to us, it sounds like the way he was with women, if it's true, he's evil that way. And the rest yes. were like, whatever, whatever. But to the Russian aristocracy, he's a giant monster yeah. that's ruining their fucking lives. So there, there's, a, there's an assassination attempt uh, July 12th, 1914, a 33-year-old peasant woman named Chionia Gaseva attempted to assassinate Rasputin. Oh, so they, not even one of the, the inner circle of the, the monarchy. It was just a peasant lady. Here's the interesting <laughs> thing. And I saw her photograph on the documentary I watched last night, and she didn't have a nose, and she's really like... What? Which is... they Okay, that, that comes in handy if you have to spend a lot of time. Say, <laughs> if you want to say, if you want to get that close to Rasputin, you can't have a this, nose. Like, this organization was like, who's who could we send to be a hitman to kill Rasputin? I have an idea. Remember Cheryl with no nose? Why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> but that's the thing. She did. Uh, he he survived the stabbing, but she did swear that she acted on herself. Um, uh, but he wasn't sure if he was going to survive, but then he survived after surgery. But she, yeah, she was like, no, I did it myself. But Gaseva was also a follower of Iliodor, a former priest who had supported Rasputin before denouncing his sexual escapades and self-aggrandizement. So there's another sin. He's a self-aggrandizer, walking around thinking he knows all this shit. So he was a radical conservative and anti-Semite. Iliodor had been part of the group. Uh, this priest was, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attempted to drive a wedge between the royal family. No, so he they think that he hired Gaseva to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so she may not. But have been before they could uh, right. punish Iliador, he fled the country, and Gaseva was found to be not responsible for her actions by reasons of insanity. But Iliador, I had this funny picture of him being like, "Why not? 
Boney M make song about good old Iliodor. <laughs> like his jealousy goes his jealousy goes all the way into the disco I am also era. love machine. Yes, I have the wife. We make love one day a week. In the eyes of God, I make love correctly. <laughs> yeah. No, but he could have been like these people like this, like these jealous priests and aristocrats. Mm. You know, there are these like from the podcast I heard they're saying that it was restless, lonely, middle-aged aristocratic women who surrounded Rasputin and mm-hmm. were enamored by him. But those people would be like, you're not consenting. There's no way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're probably... Who knows? That's what yeah, I mean. Like, I see, that's what right. makes the story blurry. I mean, like, we should definitely allow for the fact that he... Maybe that's true as well. Maybe he was I a think rapist, you're right in the sense that, like, but, a creepy priest is probably more going to be a creepy priest. And I should say on this podcast, yes, we believe victims. I'm not trying yes. to like. T- no, but it's interesting because when I was reading about it, but I it's hard when it's history. And you can tell that like all right. these people wanted him fucking. I gone didn't and realize dead. that it was speculated that that might not be true. That it's mm, that yeah. it's slander. That's really interesting. Yeah, I only found that out this morning. So it's mm. I do even like sound like I'm in a weird position, sort of raising that point. Mm. Like I don't. No, no. I, th- I mean. I it's wonder. weird, like being like Rasputin, the evil, and then you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so now we get to his full-on death. This oh, time it did. Please work. drop yourselves into the uh, vehicle. Uh, <laughs> Put your tray table. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like a engineer. Universal Studios ride. <laughs> Rasputin's death, <laughs> all the way to uh, Donald Duck, uh, the palace. <laughs> A group of nobles led by Prince Felix Yusupov, Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich, and right-wing politician Vladimir Perishkovich decided that Rasputin's influence over the Tsarina threatened the empire, and they concocted a plan in December 1916 to kill him. Apparently, by luring him to Yusupov's Moika Palace. So, and sorry, who was it who I? I uh, who was it who planned to kill him? Just other aristocrats? That's the thing. Yeah, just like, I know we didn't establish them earlier, so it's just eh. like aristocrats. Some that are aristocrats. Pissed off. Okay. They're basically, we're in World War I now. Uh, when was the revolution, Mike? 1917. So it's like literally, uh, yeah, the Bolsheviks are yeah. on their heels. Shit sucks. It's funny that yeah. these guys were like, here's the thing that's wrong with Russia. This guy, instead yeah. of the exactly. one billion other problems in the exactly. Russian Empire. Yeah. I think, and also, uh, the other guys uh, on the other podcast made a great point where it was like, uh, and I really loved it, when the, the, the aristocracy, and especially the Tsar and Alexander are all about occult and having seances and black magic really like alistair crowley type stuff <laughs> it, it they had a good point it's like it shows you the state that russia was in at the time when that's mm-hmm. he, when that's high on people's consciousness but also that's like the disconnect between what the ruling elite is doing and like the people the peasants literally starving in the yeah. countryside and in the cities uh with like no food being yeah. like open fire on by soldiers <laughs> when they when they protest for like a raise or something that's amazing incredible point i love that yeah like the peasants are like please may i have a nub of bread and the aristocracy is like excuse me ghost do you like cake (laughs) (laughs) do you like strawberry tarts 
and the ghost is like, ooh, yeah, leave one out for me on the mantle. <laughs> uh, are you sure you guys don't want to deal with what's, <laughs> what's going on in the street? I appreciate the <laughs> cake, but... Yeah, there's almost like a... Like... I, I, I've been into this personally lately. Again, like Robespierre and the terror and all that stuff. And the... And the and the the council for the public safety you know that era of uh the french revolution and those guys really went mental obviously and bizarre in hold up in this one room where they planned everything <laughs> to the point of insanity and it really does feel like that you're right they're isolated in these rooms with candles and skulls or whatever <laughs> Strawberry tarts. I don't know if anyone had strawberry tarts. I just think it's so funny to think of it. Like a Tim Hortons. But yeah, but you're right. When you're isolated that much and you're supposed to be speaking for all the people, it's, yeah. the disconnect is like, it's, and it's a, we're talking about the French Revolution. And yeah, the Russian Revolution is like a year away from this. Yeah. You're right. It's the same fucking hilarious. No, disconnect the, Fran- the french french revolution was in the oh you mean the russian revolution sorry yeah but i brought up i right, uh, the similarities the between the the jacobins and like this era right, right. here but it, it, you know it was like total decadence at yeah. the top and, and also yeah. like the decadence of yeah. louis the 16th and marie antoinette is obviously probably more similar but the the idea of being like held up in a room increasingly indulging in your own insanity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while you're completely having like, orgies with a weird priest <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what do you mean yeah they, they the aristocracy <laughs> yeah um yeah it's like oh god couldn't see the pitchforks coming i don't know what happened but yeah it's like the aristocracy is still it's, it's they're not noble they're trying to latch on and keep their power still they didn't even Oh, and here's another thing that I forgot to, to mention. Uh, another one of uh, uh, Rasputin's ominous, like, d- uh, um, sort of like future fortune telling thing he did, he told Nicholas not to go to war or else it will be the downfall of all of Russia. And Nicholas Girl. laughed him off. He's like, I'm going to war no matter what, stinky. <laughs> and weirdly enough, uh, Rasputin did nail it with that one too. <laughs> Damn, I, I wish I could have asked him the Lotto 649 numbers. <laughs> yeah. I would love Don't to forget to get also what's the bonus thing at the end? Oh, <laughs> the quick pick. Get one something. quick pick. Uh use these numbers and get the uh isn't there like a thing at the end? Encore. encore. Don't forget encore. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get in a DeLorean time machine. Go back to 1916, get Rasputin, then go back to 1955 <laughs> and uh, accumulate wealth by having Rasputin tell me what teams to bet on. <laughs> Wait, so you don't even just use the internet now to look up who won who won like the World Series in 1955? In 1989, that was the plot of Back to the Future you Part 2. To get Rasputin to predict it and then you go forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't just jot down. <laughs> yeah, in 1955, the New York Yankees win in six games. I don't just take screen grabs and go back to 1955 with myself. <laughs> well, okay, so these guys so he, wanted to assassinate him, and this is really funny. I don't know. Uh, it, they tried to kill him, like they brought him. And this is so Nicholas then 
went to personally command the Russian forces. So he was out of yeah. St. Petersburg. So Rasputin was like alone basically with yes. Alexandra. Thanks. Yeah, 100%. And they, they pick him up one night at midnight and go, oh, some, we got this meeting or whatever. Oh, beauty. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then apparently, according to the the legends, is uh, they gave him tons of cakes. And the cakes were laced with cyanide. And Rasputin initially refused the cakes, but they left them there forever. So apparently he started nipping at them, having little bites. Do you bites. have any cakes that don't have cyanide in them? Uh, so I'm like yeah. that. If you put, I won't often get snacks, <laughs> mm-hmm. but if you put them in front of me, eventually I guarantee you I'll eat them. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. What's this white powder? What's that experiment mm-hmm. where you're like, Sugar. you can have one marshmallow now but if you wait 20 minutes you can have two marshmallows remember that social experiment where they try to see yeah. if kids have any self-restraint oh. yeah, if scientists do. sit me down in front of a table with a red button and they say no matter what you do you can't push this red button i won't push the red button but i'll definitely eat some cakes <laughs> uh then he asked for madeira wine which mm. was also poison and he drank three glasses still Showed no signs of distress. Wow. So he's just ingesting poison like crazy. Mm. And all these guys are like, what do we do? You know, what's go- he's uh, the reincarnation of Satan. They literally thought that. And then they just come down and just get a gun, according to the story. <laughs> Is and it a poison gun? They give him a crucifix and they're like, here, look at this. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like for him, it's like looking at an iPad. You guys are my best friends. Cake, wine, and now crucifix. What did I do to deserve this today? Wow, we are really close, huh? This is an embarrassment of riches. I can't believe we've never hung out like this before, you know? (laughs) But apparently when they said, you better look at this crucifix and say a prayer. So it's like kind of gangster. Oh, shit. And he's like, huh? And then they shot him in the chest. And uh, (laughs) then they drove to Rasputin's apartment. With a, a Sukhotin wearing Rasputin's coat and hat in its attempt to make it look like, like you know, almost like Home Alone styles. <laughs> like if you look in the window, you're, yeah. people on the street would be like, oh, look, Rasputin's walking back and forth <laughs> in his living room uh, to create an alibi. Um, or upon returning, uh, returning to the Moika Palace, Yusupov went back to the basement to ensure that Rasputin was dead. Suddenly Rasputin leaped up and attacked Yusupov, who freed what? himself with some effort and fled upstairs. Rasputin followed Yusupov into the palace's courtyard where he was shot by Perishkovic. So He collapsed into a snowbank. The conspirators, conspirators then wrapped his body in cloth, drove it to the Petrovsky Bridge, and dropped it into the Malaya Nevka River. So the legend goes, they shot him, they go do a bunch of other stuff, they come back to double-check, he leaps up, tries to attack, and they shoot him again. They're like he. They start believing the black magic. He's like Michael Myers. Rasputin. Yeah, and they are the black power. We're talking about the whatever. Toronto one because that guy is yeah. freaky. <laughs> yeah, they start believing that he's connected to all these mystical powers, and he's like the reincarnation. Right. They think he's the reincarnation of Satan and stuff. Wow. And uh, even after news, shortly after the news of Rasputin's murder spread quickly, his body uh, uh, was found. Um, it, it like came out of the ice, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm too stinky to kill. <laughs> yeah, these things yeah. melt the ice. I'm actually surprised that there isn't a long-standing cult or something based around Rasputin like as a yeah. that people believe he was mystical. There were also yeah. rumors that like he uh 
He scratched on the ice still from underwater. His lungs were full of water. So that even though he was shot a bunch of times, poisoned a ton, and thrown into the river, he was still inhaling the water under the ice like he was still alive. But a lot of people, yeah, I, I... you said before that and that's the myth that's the popular myth that everyone's told is like he was unkillable but th- that uh, possibly I think it is part it's of not the legend. true <laughs> yeah <laughs> the guys at- on the uh, the rest is history podcast did say that a coroner was interviewed like a year later or something and they said that the three bullets in him were true but uh, there was no trace of anything else right so it's most likely these guys just went like pop 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 and threw him Boop. in the river that sounds a bit Russian to me. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm looking at photos of Rasputin, and he really looks like he was in System of a Down. <laughs> yeah. Just a little aside. What's that hit song? Wake up! How's it get the feather with a shake-up? Yeah. Wake up! You wanted to! How's it get the feather with a shake-up? You wanted to! How's it get the feather with a wake-up? You wanted to! Yeah, that actually sounds like a Russian... Yeah, they are Armenian, which is close. Do they have any songs about being fed poison cakes by fake friends? Mm, no, no, but they uh, they have that they have well toxicity. Oh, okay, toxicity. Ding 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 ding. The toxicity of our city. <laughs> so I'm basically done. I don't Three know. Three bullets, and then what is? Do we know how the Czar and Zarina reacted to the news that their their best friend, healer of their child, uh, how they reacted to the news of his murder? And yeah, the funeral was attended only by the imperial family and a few of their intimates. Rasputin's wife, mistress, and children were not invited, although oh. his daughters met with the imperial family at Vrubo, someone's home. Right. His body was exhumed and burned by a detachment of soldiers shortly after the Tsar abdicated the throne on March 17th, so uh, that his grave would not become a rallying point for supporters of the old regime. No discussion of Rasputin would be complete without talking about the famous... Oh. Uh, you guys have seen the picture of the jarred... It's supposedly Rasputin's penis. Yes. In a, oh, do you have, have it on your phone? Can I see if it? If you just Google it, I can... Oh, I'll, well, I'll so apparently that's algorithm, not true either. So, because he was, yeah, rumored to have this, like, magical ding-dong, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. how that's the term they use in Russia, magical ding-dong. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that picture of the woman I, looking I, at that jar. Yep, I Googled penis. Rasputin's yeah. penis, and there's a... Wow, ew. Yeah, a picture so, of a woman looking at a... There it looks are, like a... Okay, uh, so I just Googled... Russian man's penis. <laughs> and there's a lot of great uh, images here. Um, so, in tied in with all those myths about like whether he was a magic man or how he was unkillable or whatever, there's also a myth that he had this gigantic penis that's on display there. Um, the uh, One legend says that that prince who uh, plotted his murder, Prince Yusupov, cut off Rasputin's penis and tossed it away in a sort of Lorena Bobbitt, Bobbitt mm-hmm. type of mm. move. Um, it's then said that the penis was taken to Paris, where it was worshipped and used for, for cult rituals. The current mm-hmm. owner of the penis then bought it for $8,000, which is a pretty good deal um, for a penis of that size. And yep. it's now at the Museum of Erotica in St. Petersburg. But St. Petersburg, Florida? Yes. <laughs> um, just near Mar-a-Lago. And it's, uh, it's also, though, believed that that penis in that photo is just a cow's penis and not mm-hmm. the Mad Monk's member. I heard it was dispelled, really, because his penis was intact when they pulled him out of the river. <laughs> also, it came up like a, a periscope. <laughs> the penis, when you Google it, looks like a cow's penis. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if that's a man's it? penis, yeah. then, my it's, God. It's black and white. 
and milk is coming out of it. <laughs> it's got those black spots on it. Like a, if you squeeze it, it says move. It'd be crazy if you took an old magic man's penis yeah. and it got all shriveled up and crinkled like a magic wand. And then you could wave it at like bushes <laughs> and then they would part and you could enter a magical realm and stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> um, the Boney M song Rasputin was it banned in the Soviet Union? Yes, it was not on the pressing of that record in the Soviet Union huh. because and they didn't want because it was Soviet at the time, so they didn't want it to sound like a celebration of the, the old thing. times. Yeah. Wow. Also, yeah, I think they were uptight over there. Eh? The Western yeah. music in general was kind of frowned on, but also, oh, yeah. the band was told not to perform the song. During uh, some performances in Moscow in 1978, they they complied. But the next year in Poland, which was in the Eastern Bloc, the band performed the song despite being asked not to. Well, that's kind of punk of Boney M. Yeah, they they gave the middle finger to the Polish authorities. Yeah, that, <laughs> so that's like when um, when uh, Elvis Costello played Radio Radio on yes. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Boney M sang Rara Rasputin in Poland. Mm-hmm. Also, you're not allowed to play Daddy Cool because the song is not a nice song. Yeah. Daddy should not be cool. Daddy should be responsible. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to promote a cool daddy. <laughs> daddy, daddy, go to work. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, can I sing a song? Sure. Here's a song. <clears throat> Raw, raw, Rasputin, it, it, there's a big uh, jar with his gigantic penis in it in St. Petersburg, but some think it's the penis from a cow. <laughs> That's really good. Doom, That's doom, from the doom, song. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> he, he say he smelled so very bad, yet he never would use a shower or a soap. <laughs> That's good. He never introduced his wife to the czar, but he liked to... Uh, drink uh, poison wine and poison cake. Oh yeah, let's talk about his wife. The, all this is going on. She's yeah. back in some small town in Siberia, probably not in like, a nice house. I'm guessing. Uh, could you text me? And, yeah, her husband's in a palace sleeping with all these ladies. Yeah. Poor woman. Hi, Rasputin. <laughs> no, it didn't worry, honey. They're just a work friend. Hi, Gregory. <laughs> Should I pull out the evilometer? Yes. Doom, 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 doom. Ra ra Rasputin, the man was never clean. <laughs> uh, he right. had sex with everyone's mom. <laughs> <laughs> but really, the sex thing is the only true evil stuff, unless you're an aristocrat of the time. You're right. Mm. That's now the hard. accusations pretty heinous. The but accusations are heinous, and I think you're right. You're to- no, but I think you're right, James, about not letting a priest get away with like. You could probably set your clock to a cre- uh, a weird, mystical, dirty man of God being creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's like believe all victims. Mm. Also, like believe your eyes when you see that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've all seen that kind of guy. <laughs> we shouldn't, yeah. I guess, be yeah. too superficial or yeah. whatever. But Google Rasputin, <laughs> raw, raw Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. Fell off a horse and broke his own dick. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, how about we start with Chris? Uh, What's your evilometer rating on (laughs) Mr. R? It's hard because it's like, if what he was accused of doing from his enemies was true, 
then that is heinous, and I would probably keep it up there around a six. Yeah. So it's I'm going to go double score. I'm going to go six for if he was... If the accusations are true. Beyond lecherous with yeah. the females. Yes. Because uh, there's still... it's. And, and it feels weird as a man talk, talking about it for ancient victims. Uh, but there's still no murder. There's still no, like, he's not a serial killer. He's not chopping people up. And he actually told Nicholas not to go to war. So he tried to stop war. Um, but there's that stuff where he probably, yeah, for sure was just, like, all over the ladies. And, yeah, so just because I... You know, I don't know, six. And then if it wasn't, I'm just going to say six because whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't Uh, give a fuck. Should I go next? (laughs) I'll I'll go next. I'm curious to hear what you're going to say. Yeah. Okay. So this is hard. So, right. The the sexual accusations, if true, are horrible. Yeah. Um, Nothing else really seems that bad other than just he's a stinky guy who lied (laughs) to get into power. Yeah. So because the horrible accusations, because that at least some seemingly credible uh, podcasters are count, uh, raising doubt that, that the really heinous things are true, and that the But other- even in the Wikipedia thing that we read mm-hmm. that you took the notes on, it said that his enemies were saying that. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. So maybe we have to kind of just... It doesn't say that... Couch that a little bit just that, in case. It, of right. course, it's history and it's... Very masculine Russian history. Right. But it's fucking hard. So, you know, I think I really agree with you, Chris. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 4.5 because. I, I Just only because we're so uncertain. Well, I'm going to keep it at six no matter what, even just because of the hygiene. Sure. And, and he creeped people out by the way he looked with his dark, scary eyes and stuff. Yeah, he his looks beady. like he's wearing mascara. I can't mm-hmm. believe the pictures. I, I keep saying it, but it's crazy looking at pictures. Yeah. Did they not take... He uh, looks like a silent film villain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did they not take a few just for safety that maybe made him look nicer? <laughs> I, I honestly don't see one <laughs> one frameable photo of him. I don't see a single frameable photo. Uh, oh, Mike, boy. what's your thoughts? Now, I think it is funny that he got in the business and fucked up the royal family <laughs> got in there when he was a stinky guy from Siberia who couldn't read or write <laughs> and just thought just told people he was a holy man. Um it is uh I we don't I'm gonna give him an eight. <laughs> So you like that he <laughs> fucked around with the holy royal family, and then well, I think it's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he probably was a damn maniac, right? I can't. I mean, maybe he had this uh, magnetism that everyone wanted to be with him, but right, he probably was a manipulated, manipulative, a, yeah, creep. Yeah, I like that so, take. But I also like look too. at it this way, Mike. Uh, if it wasn't for Rasputin. We might never have seen the rise of <laughs> Lenin and Trotsky and all those guys. Uh, I think they would have done it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we might not have seen the rise of, of that particular look with like yes. long hair yeah. and a man and sort of eyeliner. Like, yes. kind, like I said, a Marilyn Manson Really look. good jackets back then. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So eight. So okay. There we go. Eight I'll six four point five. This is a real s- Grigory Rasputin. No, it's good that we're all kind of like all over the place. Yeah, but I res- I think both of you make good points. I I, I do understand Mike's eight. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, in regards to your rating, it's kind of refreshing to get a low one sometimes. Yeah, it <laughs> keep things light. <laughs> yeah. Now there were rumors for a long time after the Romanovs were executed that like some of the children survived. Like, um, oh, Anastasia. Like, there's a for years people would the Romanovs the are the are the Nicholas and Alexandra. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. There was, I guess, the daughter Anastasia. There were reports people around the world would claim, like, I am her. I survived. Wow, My no jewels uh, deflected the bullets, and I snuck away after the soldiers left. Is there any such rumor about Rasputin that maybe he he survived and got away? Um, and I wonder if, if anyone ever popped up saying, like, I am him. Oh, I wonder. He made it to, like, the Great Gatsby uh, lifestyle in maybe. the States. And- Let me look it up. If- I mean, it was only 1916. Yeah, he, he definitely could have participated 40, in the 50? swinging twenties, yeah. roaring twenties. I mean, in the uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. He could have been Gatsby, a hundred percent. No, nothing is coming up about anyone claiming to be him. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was dead as a doornail. I'm done, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. That must have been a sad funeral, though, right? Like, oh god, oh god, now who's going to? Lamp the lights, or, or now who's going to light the lamps and cure uh, Alexei's hemophilia? Who's going to spit on the floor next to our son? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, one thing I didn't check is like, what happened to Alexa? He died. You for don't sure. know? Do you know, Mike? Oh, he was murdered. Yes. Boy, they didn't have the to whole murder family the were kids. lined up. It's the wall in the basement and just open fire. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could have let the I and mean, the dog. No offense. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Mm. No offense to anyone who. Uh, it has hemophilia listening because I like and the I'm, fish in the fishbowl. I am ignorant <laughs> about it. Oh, I have a. I, I heard a tale about a dog. Um, like, okay, but there's the two things. Like, okay, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm definitely ignorant about hemophilia, so I don't want to uh, hurt anybody's feelings. But if a child, a big child with hemophilia, was shot by a bullet, would it be the same as like puncturing a ripe tomato? <laughs> I don't know. Well. If anyone out there is a medical <laughs> professional, please get in touch. Please. Know. Is there a doctor in the house? I have to ask you a funny question. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing I wanted to say, oh, we were wrapping it up, but I did hear a funny story about Nicholas, the Tsar Nicholas, uh, and a dog. He had a pet dog, and he had this, like, at the dinner party, he was had this sword he was showing off, and somebody was like, how sharp is that sword? And he was like, watch. And he just cut his dog and his pet dog in half. Oh, that's yeah. I'm a dog lover. I know. Was I'm like, a- Nicholas, there, you could have just told me it's a very sharp sword. Yeah. <laughs> There's a watermelon right there. <laughs> oh, shit. I was not thinking. <laughs> Help me put my dog back together. <laughs> could someone get Rasputin to glue dog? Yeah, Rasputin, touch dog with God hand. <laughs> I can't read, and even I know Nicholas stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we wrap it up? <laughs> nah. <laughs> We're in this for the long haul. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Chris, for telling us about... <laughs> thanks Rasputin. for coming over and eating sandwiches with me, guys. That was another... 
excellent episode of Evil. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.